Good evening, ladies. Wait, wait. Good evening. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. Daylight out. Right? Yeah, it's uh what day is this? No, exactly, dude. Like I'm not used to us have, actually having um a show on Sunday, but here we are because we missed it on uh, Friday night. Let, let me check myself here. Hold on. I'm not dropping over tired. I I don't feel like crab. And for some reason you're like snacking right in front of a microphone. The gummy bears. Yeah, but the the, the package you're like fine. <laughs> it's okay. Sunday. It's Oscar Day. It's the finale of Last of Us Day. It's it's Super Bowl. No, that's not it. Um stuff. Stuff happening. And here we are in the middle of the day, just ready to go. Yep, just hanging out. That? Well, you know, I, uh, you know, I I got stuck at work. Um so I got stuck going into work on Friday, so um couldn't really do the show then. But now we're here. Now we're doing the show. We're here. Making up for lost time and doing it on a Sunday, like midday kind of thing on the, you know, well, for me, midday, for you, early afternoon. So, yeah, it's um, a little bit of a change. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Got to tell you, here we are. Daytime. Um, it's It's really fucking my head up. Wow. Wow. Okay. So welcome to the podcast, writers, actors, director. This is episode number 122. I'm one of your hosts, Josh, joined with me as always by uh, Babyface Malone over there. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh, clean, shade face. I hate it. What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. Um, yeah. This is a very, this is going to be a very rare occurrence. We probably won't do this again for a long time, but. Uh, it's good to be able to hang out with everybody while you guys are all still awake. Yeah. Because let's face it, by the time we get done with our show on the East Coast, most likely you're either drunk, almost drunk, or just past people are least. That's how I finish. But the show. anywho, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But um, cats freaking out over here. Like this is all wrong, human. Sorry, I might send this to somebody. But yeah, you and I were talking about a few things um, we talk about that we wanted things. to uh, discuss. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't appear we're going to be going the route of the <laughs> pre-planned remember when we were children uh, thing. It, probably not, not with so much going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. You like my shirt? Yeah, you like that? I... Another show, another podcast, huh? Yep. Wow. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> you know, cross advertising. 10 to 1. I like it. The internet's favorite that, list. Yeah, so, okay. There we go. You ready to pay attention okay. to the show now? Phone down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm here. So, well, I might as well play Toy Blast for a while. Yeah, so how's your Sunday going? Um, it's it's not bad. Did a lot of cleaning. Well, not a lot, but some. Um, hmm. Watched some movies. Yeah, I watched. Uh, uh, was it Bad Do? At least that's. But the way I think it's pronounced, I also watched Empire of Light, another Oscar nominee. Oh. I believe it's for cinematography. It's uh, that's cool. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Who was it? Sam Sam Mendez. Let me make that up. No, no. Empire of Light. One of tonight's nominees, and it was yeah directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, his, his I guess his first project after 1917. So the question is, when you make 
such um, an aspiring film like 1917, what do you follow it up with? And uh, I guess you follow it up with sort of a love letter to the the movies and uh, a message about uh, racism in 1980s uh, England. Yeah. yeah it, was I, um, good. it was a good movie. No, I'll get around to watching it. Oh, man, excuse me. Check it out on HBO Max, I believe. No, good. I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to pay anything to see it. I already have HBO Max. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've seen a few movies, uh, namely Scream Six. No, yeah, I heard you loved it. Oh yeah, so much. Yeah, so you, you know how um, in all the trailers, Ghostfaces walk around with a shotgun. Shotgun. That seems like. Yeah, I, I, I wish character. it would. I wish. I wish that I would have been. The one receiving the shotgun blast instead of watching that movie. It was pretty bad. It was uh, just the same formula as every other screen movie. The exact same thing. Remember, like uh, Twenty Two Jump Street, where it's like you know um, Nick Offerman <laughs> says, like, just do the same thing you did last time. The exact same thing. Like that's that's what scream. That's what the screen movies are. The only one that was slightly different was Scream Three. That's it. Everyone else is just trying to get famous or just trying to, you know, get revenge or whatever. Some psychopaths always related to another psychopath. Yeah. And they want revenge for that psychopath's murder. Uh, I'm sorry, being killed for trying to killing, uh, trying to kill people. Or it's just they want to be famous. It just gets to be the same thing over and over again. It does, but Anyhow. I still enjoy the the series. Yeah, I don't. I was like Scream Five. I thought I wasn't going to be on board for this, but you know what? Okay, I'm here. I'm down. I love how they had the killer. Um, I, I love how they had the killer on the front lawn stabbing. Uh, what was her name? Deputy Judy or what? I forget her last name. Um. Stabbing her to death on her front lawn in the full scream garb, the whole ghost face that mask, just stabbing this woman to death, and he just runs off. Like, and you know that's fiction. You know that's fiction because this is, this is a white neighborhood. You know, you're not going to stab someone to death on the lawn of a white neighborhood and then run off. It's not going to happen. You're going to have someone calling the cops. Someone's going to be out there with their phone, like you know, asking what's going on, or you know, yeah, it's it's. it's wasn't realistic to me. Dewey died. And my biggest thing is Randy should never have died. Randy should have been. I can scream too. I know. And it was the biggest mistake that they made. Now, Randy could have been a bona fide badass by now. But <laughs> instead. He had to go and hook up with that girl. Yeah. But anyway, there's that. Um. Yeah, just uh, aside from that, I've been watching um, a bunch of independent films. I watched this movie, uh, Brian and Charles, um, on Amazon Prime. It's about a guy that uh, some lonely guy lives in a um, in a little village. He builds a robot that works, um, and that's really it. There's really not a whole lot. It's just it's 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 a fun it's a funny little movie, but it's just very slow moving. But it's all British humor, so. It's a little dry, which makes it better to me at times. Yeah, British humor, I think, it really works if, as long as you're you're in the mindset for it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Kente says, no. "Ghostface, what's your favorite scary movie?" Randy says, "Showgirls." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Showgirls, very frightening. Oh, God. And then he was stabbed to death two minutes later. Anyway. Uh, I forget that you and I uh, had mentioned a few things that we wanted to discuss. I don't remember exactly what they were. I'm a little groggy from waking up from a nap before I logged. That's why I look like I'm so tired. Still yeah, I got up from my nap about uh, 20 minutes ago. Kente believes they also shouldn't have killed Randy. Um, well, mm. 
it has been quite the eventful weekend, especially, uh, weekend, especially for you know those of us that follow the yeah. you know happenings going on around Hollywood and you know film industry related stuff. Last night was the forty third annual Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh God, it's the Razzies. So thrilling, this conversation. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to, you were going to follow that through with something. Yeah, and yeah, left sorry, it open sorry, for you, you to give your yeah. general responses for... Uh, what? My, my response would be like, okay, what happened? I don't watch I don't watch award shows. Well, this that's not one you can watch, really, I don't think. Okay, I don't know much about. I don't keep up with the award shows. Even like things like the Razzies, I don't keep up with them. Even the the so. spoof of award shows, you're like, nah, nope, nope. Never. Well, then everything I say to you is going to be a complete surprise because I'm going to give yep. you a complete rundown of everything that happened. Okay. Well, not Go everything that happened, but all the winners, and in this case, the winners are the losers in um, the 43rd annual Razzie Awards, starting at the bottom. Um, in, in a category that kind of is near and dear to our hearts, writing, we we both uh, won um, a lot of respect from each other. It's how we, we, you know, that's why we're doing what we're doing is because of each of our writing. We're like, hey, I like what you do. So worst screenplay, the nominees, Morbius, it's Morbin time. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Good morning. That was actually written by Machine Gun Kelly. That's okay. Didn't know you wrote a movie. Uh, Disney's Pinocchio, not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, and Blonde, uh, the movie about Marilyn Monroe. The winner slash loser. Morbius. Blonde. Oh, wow. One takes home the award for worst screenplay. The worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. Disney's Pinocchio. 365 days this day and the next 365 days. Um, so yeah, those those two sequels that came out for the movie 365 days mm-hmm. last year. Uh, they both they, they shared shared a nomination. Uh, Blonde. Uh, Firestarter and Jurassic World Dominion. The Razzie goes to Disney's Pinocchio. Congratulations for being terrible. Uh, The worst screen combo. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Mod Sun in Good Morning. Uh, (laughs) The the 365 Days sequels are uh, being touted as a combo so they're yeah andrew dominic and his issues with women in blonde um both real life characters um in the bedroom scene from blonde so marilyn monroe and john f kennedy and uh tom hanks and his latex laden face and that ludicrous ludicrous accent in elvis and the winner of worst screen combo goes to tom hanks and that face Never watched Elvis. It's weird because it's being honored as one of the best and worst movies this weekend. And so you might want to check it out just to see which camp it falls in for you. Also available on HBO. I, mean, I, I, I think Elvis is very overrated as it is. Um, I've never really been an Elvis Presley fan. <clears throat> Honestly, the way he would uh, speak just grinds at my soul so badly that I, I don't think I would even sit through that movie. I'd probably you don't like think you hear bit. someone talking like this for an hour? Like the mumbling and like that really thick, fake accent that would come in mm-hmm. and out whenever he spoke. Um, you know, the king that joined the military to serve his country and he had a desk job. I thought he worked in the... Uh, the, the maintenance pool. Oh, whatever it is. But either way, he never went out to war. 
that was what the it was like post Korea pre Vietnam something like that. I think so, yeah. Anyway, I just think Elvis is overhyped, and I'm I'm more than good enough without watching a movie about his life. Spoiler alert: he dies. He dies taking a shit. Everybody. The the thing about this, the, the reason I watched it wasn't because it was an Elvis, you know, biopic. It was because it was directed by Bos Lerman. Oh, okay. Bos Lerman has always made some interesting choices when it comes to you know the, the style that he shoots in. Yeah. So naturally, that made me go an Elvis movie from Bos Lerman. That's at least it's going to be an interesting to look at. Yeah. As far as what actually happens in the movie, meh, I could care less. Let's see. Worst supporting actress, Mira Sorvino, Lamborghini, the man behind the legend, Penelope Cruz, the fee, uh, the three fifty five, um, as Graciela Re- Re- Rivera, uh, Adria Ajorna in Morbius. Uh, Fen Bingbing in the 355 and Lorraine Bracco, uh, <laughs> Disney's Pinocchio. So, a voice actress is getting nominated for worst supporting actress. That's got to be pretty bad. And the winner is Adrian Orjona, Ajona for Morbius. So, Morbius is, is getting some recognition here. Good. It deserves all of the movies. That movie is horrible. The worst actor award goes to, uh, well, the nominees are Sylvester Stallone in The Samaritan, Machine Gun Kelly in Good Morning, Tom Hanks in Pinocchio. Damn, getting double love here, Tom Hanks. Uh, Jared Leto as Morbius and Pete Davidson as Marmaduke. And the award goes to Jared Leto. Morbius takes on worst actor. Yeah. I never understood the point of these uh, award shows at all. Even like the Razzies. I know Razzies was made to make fun of, you know, the Oscars. Um, be like the antithesis to uh, the Oscars. But I never, I just never understood the these award ceremonies. Like the more serious ones. You know, it's it's always cracked me up with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone going to the Oscars in like the late '90s um, for their song. Uh, for, was it for their song uh, "Blame Canada"? I think in the South Park movie, and the fact that they showed up tripping balls on LSD, wearing dresses. And they said like, oh, like they didn't know what was worse, like coming out of the limo when the LSD hit, and they're like blinded by the sunlight, or when they went in, they're sobering up during the Oscars. So, yeah. Well, give us some more of your thoughts on, uh, you know, awards. I'll be right back. Where are you going? Wait. You... Okay. My thoughts are simple. Award shows suck. They're boring. They're like just they they really mean nothing at all. I don't really care uh, for the Emmys or the Oscars. If you won one, great. You both you you definitely earned it um, most of the time. Uh, yeah, I'm not good at doing things on my own right now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, anyway, yeah, Josh is reading off a list of every single award imaginable for the Razzies here. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Kente, happy Sunday, buddy. Sorry I didn't acknowledge you earlier. It's just been a little, uh, one of the Raspberry Awards. God, probably too many people. There we go. Okay. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not really mentally fit to be doing this on my own. I pretty much need an adult right now. It's been a, long, been a long morning full of off and on sleep. But, yeah, so we're here doing this Sunday show because, of, okay, never mind. No more backstory. Just going to take it over from here. I I covered zero ground while you were gone. You just sat here in silence? I, I am just so tired right now that I, I 
I don't think I really made any cohesive sense. I started talking about like uh, while we're doing the show on Sunday. Um, and then you said, yeah, I was like, oh, good. Josh is back. I said, I, I said, right now I need an adult with me. Then you showed up like, oh, good. He's here. Yay. Yeah. The thing is, I was reminded why we don't do this during the daytime. Oh, yeah. You got the kiddos. Well, I mean, we can always make it like a short show and just talk about the uh, the Razzie stuff if you want. Uh, well, there's two picture, uh, two nom- uh, awards left. And I'll just say Machine Gun Kelly won the award for Worst Director. <laughs> no surprise there. And uh, Blonde won for Worst Picture. You know, I really do want to be able to root for Machine Gun Kelly. I do. But he's just such a douchebag. Like, I can't. Ever since I saw him uh, step into a WWE ring, I was like, okay, at least the man works. <laughs> now, how well that work comes across, you know, that's, you know, a different story. Yeah. But just the fact that he's willing to to put in the time to try and do something well. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see him seeing this movie that he wanted to make right and write and star in and produce putting all of his effort into it but sometimes no matter how hard you work no matter how much you 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 try to do it's just not going to be good oh yeah no, absolutely especially in the instances of making movies. A lot of people have tried to make movies, you know, thousands, millions of people have tried to make movies, you know, over the last hundred and, you know, 40 years. It's the the thing to remember is it does take kind of um, talent, if you will. It takes dedication, which I think he has that in, in spades. But it also takes uh, some some foundation in oh, the yeah. field. Yeah, not having uh, not having what his uh, girlfriend Megan, what's her face? Um, or not, not not Megan. I'm sorry. What's it? Um, oh God, Megan Fox. Is it Megan? Is that yeah? Okay, I'm oh, sorry. The Megan Fox. Yeah, sorry. She's in it. Yeah, I'm just saying. You need more than. Uh, all the talents of Megan Fox to uh, make a good movie. Megan Fox is not talented. And also never been a key to a good movie from what I've seen. No. No. But like she, she got famous because of her looks. That's. Let's be honest here. Michael Bay. Exploiting the looks of uh, of an underage actress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look at look at the Razzies. There, know. there are. Uh, there's talent. There's talent all over these nominations. Robert Zemeckis is nominated. Uh, Judd Apatow, Tom Hanks nominated twice. What was Judd Apatow nominated for? Uh, he was nominated for worst director in the bubble. No, didn't know. I don't know about that movie. You don't. You don't know about the bubble. No, I'm. Uh, I'm outside the bubble on that one. Well, the bubble came out last know. year, and it's about this production crew that is making a movie during the pandemic. So they decided to meet make a COVID comedy. Yeah, probably not a great time for that, honestly. Probably not. Let me see here. Timing timing is key. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, God. How, do, how do you make, how do you clear the way for Avatar, the way of water to make, you know, $2 billion at the box office? Well, we could release it during the summer where all the big hits are coming out. Or we could release it in November and have no competition for two months. That's how you get $2 billion in box office. Uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you, I, I watched, I started watching History of the, History of the World Part Two. Yeah? yeah. Is it yeah. everything I said it was? Nope. But so the thing is, it's like you can't really take something like that outside of, um, you can't make, you can't take something that the original director sat down. Like, if if it's, if it was a Mel Brooks movie, you cannot take a movie that he directed that went on to become a classic and then make a TV show off the movie and then try to pass uh, the humor off as being the same humor when it's just it's not. It's not. It's missing that signature that was Mel Brooks's style. What, it, what, what the satire? It, it's more than that. It's like I mean, yeah, like Mel Brooks was a master at satire. Um, in his prime, his satirical approach, his comedic approach, his like the slapstick and everything else, it was on point. But it was a very, very specific brand of comedy that he would do. I don't know if I'm making sense there or not. But uh, he has like his like just if you watch a movie and be like, oh yeah, this is obviously a Mel Brooks movie. Mm-hmm. Watching History of the World Part Two, it's like watching drunk history to me. It's that's all. That's all it really reminds me of is just drunk history. Uh, which, it's funny. It's just not really Mel Brooks. Um, I feel like this is something they could have just called the show History of the World, and it would have been fine. As you know, presented more of by a Brooks. franchise rather than a direct sequel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, presented by Mel Brooks, whatever. You could have passed it off with so many things, but uh, it, it's just it, it's missing what made the original unique. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it's just you can tell that this is so far removed from Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I know, it's exactly what I said, that you can tell when and where Mel Brooks has his fingerprints on it, but you could also tell when... Nick Kroll, you know, is is doing his thing. Oh, yeah. and, and Judas Iscariot forever unclean. Yeah. You know, getting a little bit of a callback to the league there. And uh, Ike Barinholtz, it seems clear yeah. he's been doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting behind the scenes. Yeah, the whole Civil War thing was definitely him. The whole between him and Abraham Lincoln, like... I think it was like the very opening uh, skit, actually. I don't remember. That's yeah. one of the problems. By and that's with, and, with and that's the other thing. It's like around. it's it's yeah, like it goes from from one thing to the next, and returns to the other story, and it goes to another story after that. It goes back to the other story. It's like it's so I'm saying it's, it's missing everything that made the original one special. It's like it does this so much that you kind of it you kind of forget shit. Mm-hmm. Did that happen to you? Like you just kind of like you know there are things where you space out you forgot about because yeah a little bit from- a little bit especially like during the Russian Revolution yeah it, it it was so like it was so jumpy for me that it's really hard to follow and you shouldn't have a hard time following it's, it's well it's supposed to be comedy but I don't think I even laughed once in the first episode I might have, like done a, a slight chuckle but you know History of the World Part One was laugh out loud funny still is yeah. Um, hell, any any of Mel Brooks's movies or properties are laugh out loud funny. Even like going back to his TV days on Get Smart, they're all hysterical. Mm-hmm. This just didn't really have that for me. It was more of a chore to watch than anything else. So, yeah, it just makes me think I, I want to watch History of the World Part One again. I did, I did, no. and I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, yes, yes. 
and in the background stuff, it was always fun what you could catch in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that banner advertising the uh, the royal orgy? Uh, I mean, first, come on, like first come, yeah, come on, like biggest dickus. <laughs> it's good to be the king. Oh god, these are the oh. fifteen fresh. <laughs> Oi, these are the ten. Ten commandments. Like my, I think my favorite gag, the one that I probably quote the most. Is um, uh, the French Revolution? Yeah. Piss boy, wee oui, wee, oui. yes, a lot of it. <laughs> that's that's Mel Brooks. Yeah, it's like, it, it's it doesn't like, have that. The history of the World Part Two doesn't have that kind of, you know, word dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue, the wordplay, like walk this way. And someone starts to walk in a kind of way the person like like you know does the same walk because uh, you saw that like a few of Mel Brooks' movies. It was in uh, like I mean the two that come to mind is like um, Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein, right with Igor. Mm -hmm. Walk this way. He's got the cane. And like hands it to uh, you know like you know it is like hands it off and he's, like just shows him how to do it and he starts like you know doing it. And uh, that and like... uh, yeah. That and um, what was it? Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I'm sorry, uh, Men in Tights, rather. Yeah, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Men in Tights, walk this way. And he starts like walking with that little strut, and mm -hmm. everyone else just follows behind him and does the same walk. But no, it's like, I mean, and even going like the young Frankenstein, like the whole like uh, when uh, Gene Water gets trapped in the wall, right? Put the candle back. They get him out, and then homegirl gets stuck. You know, gets stuck behind the wall too. It's just like the same thing. It's like it, it's it's what makes Mel Brooks Mel Brooks, in, in you know what he makes. Whatever history of the world part two is, it's not it, man. It, it's it is grueling to sit through. I I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just no, it's it's good. not it's not the the flavor you're expecting. No, no, it's like going in. That's actually a very good analogy. It's not the flavor I'm expecting. I'm expecting to go in there and get something like really, really nice and pristine because it like has Mel Brooks written on it somewhere. And what I get is like great value, tastes like shit in a bag. Now, again, you're being over necessary. Uh, Will you let me be dramatic? You let me be dramatic. Because there are talented people that uh, put this together, and it they, is. They are. It's fine. But they missed the mark. That's that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like they missed the mark with it. But like it, a show by any other name, we would probably be saying, you know, it was really good. But because it wants to use the legacy of history of the world, it's like ah. See, but see, and, and I went ahead I'd and be, set the bar, and I'd be fine with them using the legacy of history of the world. It's just calling it part two is very gratuitous to me. Uh, but then at the same time, if it's supposed to be a sequel to like History of the World Part One, then it's kind of following the footsteps of what happens to most sequels. They lose what they they miss out on what made the first one special. So in in some ways, it is the perfect follow up to History of the I World guess. Part One. I mean, there's only a handful of movies I think far surpassed like the uh, the first century, and it's very few. But this is not one of them. Yeah, it's calling it a sequel seems a little disingenuous. Yeah, it's it's really just cashing in on the name with other comedy writers writing their own little skits, and that's pretty much it, it. It comes off like a skit show. That's all it comes off as, and I think that's pretty much what it is. Well, that's what the um, movie was. It was a sketch movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a sketch movie, but it's like it was actually had like I don't know like. Even with it being Mel Brooks, like writing his own little sketches and whatnot, like pretty much like little shorts, um, it flowed. Yeah, it all flowed it, like very fluently, the, like the whole way through. It's like you could just sit down, like go from one to the next, and just laugh your ass off. This, I think, with the jumping back and forth between sketches throughout a series of different episodes, it, it gets confusing. 
yeah, that's one of the things I don't like. The uh, constant, uh, like, if you want to do a, a long Civil War thing, why not just make that an episode? Yeah, that's that's what I'm surprised they didn't do, because, like, if you got those, like, skits, skits together, it would be the length of one episode. I never, I didn't understand why the hell they were doing that. I, I thought that was just me that was, like, getting confused over this shit. I thought maybe this was, like, an artistic angle or something, but I didn't understand it. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking, I, I like your beard. What's that? I like your beard. It's all it's like, you know, at the perfect length right now. Yes, it is. And I've, I've, I've got hair for, you know, I know. for the longest time. I know. I, I usually, I, you know, just cut it all off by now, but no, I've got hair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You look all pretty over there with me. I'm like clean shades. I hate this so badly. It's so weird. I just needed a break from my facial hair for like, you know. Do you know what I did I last night? Do you want to know what I did last night? You slept. I went out. Hmm. I went out to where the people are. That's. Papa had a date, huh? <laughs> sure. It, um, it was weird, honestly. I haven't been out like on a Saturday night to do, you know, going out things in I don't know how long. And I yeah. don't count going to the movies because, you know, I'll, I'll do that anytime. I'll probably yeah. go like three or four times during spring break just because, you know, I can. Yeah. You know, I have time to. So I'll probably see Scream 6 and maybe Creed. Um, think of something else. You know, doesn't really matter. I got that AMC pass. I don't oh, oh, yeah. use it nearly yeah. enough to justify it. So. Now's the time. Now's the time I gotta I gotta do that. But yeah, I went out last night. Uh we went to um <laughs> and if only someone could have muted their microphone before they decided to uh, I, it was it came out of nowhere, bite me. So you went where? We went to the Keg and Coin. Okay. It's a barcade here in Jacksonville. In case you're ever in the area, check it out. Yeah, in case you're ever in the area, Brandon. Um, I'll be out there in May. Sure you will. I'm like, I'm like, you know, my nephew graduates high school, so I got, I'm going to go out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess the question is, am I going to get a phone call? Maybe. Yeah, I'll probably get a phone call that said, oh, I was just in town, too. We should have we gotten together. That's a... You'll be one of the only people I actually call to hang out. If that means anything at all. I, I found out that I'm not a bad dart player. That's good. I suck at it. You definitely win. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Gotta love the yes hands, right? Did you have like a Ted Lasso moment where you had some big speech and you just threw a dart and you like you just you know went exactly where you wanted to go? No, but um, there were a couple of times when I said, as I was getting close to winning, just stepping up to the line going, you know what, how about we just end this game now? Don't even look, just toss it, and just bounce completely off the board. I was like, that would have been cool though, right? If I said, let's go ahead and end this and just blindly win the game. My God. Yeah, I oh, found out aiming does not does not help at all. I just walk up to the line and... I mean, at least you got out. You had a good time. That's all that matters. Um, I yeah. did not get out to do anything fun. I got out to go to work. That's about it. Um, yeah. And I got home this morning, slept for three hours, and here we are doing the show. So exciting. Yeah, yeah. We're usually, uh, I, I, I find that we're usually more energized for a Friday night than we are for a Sunday uh, midday thing. Well, but um, to be fair, I'm usually, um, you know, hyped up on a lot of caffeine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, there's... Um, there's something I was talking about that I want to bring up on the show, actually. I was talking to somebody about predictability in uh, movies. 
Yeah, it was me. And uh, we were talking. No, just like well, you and I had this conversation earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I was told someone that like I'm tired of being able to predict what happens in a movie. And I mentioned how on one of our shows I mentioned the movie Fall, and how I pretty much guessed it beat by beat as to what was going to happen in the movie. And almost everything I said is exactly what happened in that movie. It was that predictable just from watching a trailer. Um, like I told I you, the I... bar for that was pretty low. Yeah, and I, but I still hear people talk about how it was a great movie. I'm like, it really wasn't. People like, said it was a great movie? I've heard people talk about how it was a really good movie. I'm like, no. No, it wasn't. I, get, it was... I give it a... Like, if, if somebody turned that in, if I was some sort of, you know, teacher at a school that was grading people on their movies, I would, have I would them. say, okay, that's a D plus. You, you took a kind of a cheaty way of, you know, building tension with, you know, great, great cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. Every other scene is like, oh, is somebody going to fall? Hence the name of the movie, Fall. What I guess I don't know, but it's the visuals other... that built the tension, not the story. Yeah, yeah. There's no story. There's no story at all. Um, whatever story is there, it's so minimal and just boring that they have to substitute any kind of tension you get from the story with, I guess, trying to make your hands sweaty. I guess that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, again, Fall, I watched that on the plane while I was coming back from um, North Carolina. Just to mess with a woman sitting next to me. Watching her wipe her hands on her jeans and everything because she's staring at my monitor. Uh, good times. But, um, that's what I was saying, though. It's like I was talking about the predictability in movies. Um, I saw Scream 6. Uh, you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to mention any spoilers about it. But there are only one of two formulas there. It's either someone is uh, out for revenge, like you know, like, like we were saying earlier. Um, it's either yeah. someone's out for revenge or someone is just trying to be famous. Those are the two factors in every screen movie so far. Yeah. That's it. Um, and it's just like I was telling them, it's like, you know, on top of the predictability, I don't understand why there needs to be so many sequels these days. I don't get it. Scream... The sequels to Scream, they make no sense. The whole idea of Scream having this many sequels really makes no sense. Like, how many people can possibly want to get famous by trying to do the same thing that's gotten other people killed? Well, you know what? This is the day of TikTok. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, there's TikTok challenges. Never mind. Uh, But... I don't know, like it's, it's got to make sense to make the sequel for it. I don't think any sequel past uh, the first Scream really made sense. Maybe Scream Two tops, but you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, like I mean, no Scream Three. I think um, should have wrapped it up. the The whole basis of uh, the Scream series, as we've talked about on this show, is. The fact that it's also running a meta commentary um, throughout. It's it's not bashing horror movies at the same time. It's uh, pointing out all of the ludicrousness of what's going on. That's why in the the sequel you got the rules. You know the rules about sequels. Yeah, yeah. And the third one, you're like, oh, it's not a sequel anymore. It's a trilogy. The rules are completely different. Made sense. Um, then yeah. the fourth and fifth ones, it became seemed less about the uh, the meta rules and just more about the audience. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's still like, I mean... I think it's time to call it. And they're like, oh, we're going to make a Scream 7. Like, no, no, come on. No, no, stop it. (laughs) It's enough. It's become the thing that it's been spoofing. 
Yeah, very much so. It's become like the stab movies. And the stab movies were some that they were make that were like purposely making fun of the screen movies. And now they have actually started turning them into the stab movies. It's just it's um... and you're right. If Randy was still alive, he would be the one to point out how, you know, okay, we've gone through this many times before. We have now entered the rules of unnecessary sequel land. Where yep. you don't know what's going to happen, but you totally know what's going to happen. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but it's like you have other movies, like coming away from like Scream, you have other movies like that have sequels that don't make the sequels make no sense. Uh, look at Saw. First Saw was an amazing film. It was actually a damn good movie. The very first one. After that, I don't know what the hell happened. They just became more more gore centric than anything else it's like the the goal of every other song movie is to get you to look away from the screen instead of trying to figure out what was going on i do uh, like then, some of the storytelling um tricks that they used by like having what three of the movies run concurrently oh yeah yeah but yeah. um wow that's that's actually a pretty interesting notion but then you have you go into super unnecessary uh, sequel land, which would be things like The Hangover. Hold on, hold on. You can't you can't finish up your talk about Saw and its sequels without you know mentioning Chris Rock and oh god, Jigsaw. Oh god. No, no, that was his spiral. serious spiral. his serious acting face. Oh yeah, yeah. That that movie is horrible. Spiral was so bad. Um, besides, Spiral also did the same thing that other Saw movies have done, where it tries to fake you out with the character's death. Mm -hmm. And then that character comes back to be the actual, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, Spiral was just, it, it was really bad. Um, oh, God, I can't, believe, I can't believe they even made that one. Um, but they're making another Saw film. They're yeah. making it another Saw film, but this time it's about um, the the guy uh, John Kramer. I think that's going to be the name of the movie, John Kramer. But uh, I don't understand it. But then going on to other sequels that made no sense, that didn't really need to exist, was Hangover Two and Three. Hangover yeah. Two is the exact same thing as Hangover One, just different location, change a few things up, and make them you know get stuck with a monkey instead of a tiger. And you have Hangover, you know, two. Hangover three had nothing to do with the Hangover at all, not one thing. Um, it's just I don't know. These are movies that really don't need any kind of follow up. And I don't know this. I think this is why I cannot stand uh, sequels because the first movie may capture all the reasons why you want to go see it. Like it, it may give you every single thing that you wanted to get from it substantially, and. Um, then a studio thinks that they need to make another movie or two to follow it up because it made such a great amount of money with the first movie. Mm -hmm. That just kind of sucks. I mean, look at what happened with the last three Star Wars movies. You didn't really need those. Yeah, but they all made tons of money. Yeah, but the story didn't make any sense. Come on, like who? Like I would have rather seen Finn become like a badass Jedi. Instead of just having that uh, story disappear after the first oh, just, one, just just scrapped completely. Yeah, yeah. That I think comes from having different creative voices trying to take it in in different directions. You know, yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> it's just God. That's the one thing Marvel does absolutely, uh, I don't want to say perfectly, but they do it very well, is having that that sort of one vision. Oh, from yeah. The things we've read, especially from like James Gunn, who says that, if, you know, if you're making a Marvel movie, yes, you have a lot of freedom to, to do what you want. 
but they do have your sort of uh, required things they want you to put in it. It's like, hey, yeah. this is what we need to set up the future. So how you get there, you know, you take care of that. But uh, we we just need to make sure these beats are hit, and and this other stuff, you're not allowed to touch that. Yeah. So just uh, leave that alone. Whatever character you want, whatever you want to do, just you know, this is what you can't. This is what you can have. This is what you can't have. Or when they were making what if, and oh yeah, yeah, you know, we find out that. Oh, they had to like completely scrap one of the episodes uh, because it was too close to what they were actually doing um, in the MCU. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, you can do pretty much anything you want. And somehow you decided to coincidentally choose the next Guardians plot. Weird. Yeah. But I like the idea that if you're going into direct or write a Marvel movie, you know, you can basically pitch them whatever you want. And they'll say, this is good. This is good. This is good. Uh, we actually have plans for this character in another um, series. So uh, no to that. But yeah. we can get you somebody else. If you if you have like a backup in mind, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's people out there that will, you know, scream from the mountaintops. Marvel doesn't let you have freedom. Their creators, the directors, say they have plenty. They just uh, they're invited to play in this playground, and. Sure, they're not allowed to use all the toys they want, but can use most of the toys they want, and I think well, that should be good enough. Well, I mean, look at what happens when people take it upon themselves to uh, do things with something that Marvel's working on. Um, and this goes to uh, Morbius. Okay? Now, granted, Morbius is not uh, Disney. That's not a Disney property. It's That's Sony. <clears throat> Yeah, but at the end of Morbius, you have the Vulture show up. Morbius takes place in a different universe than Tom Holland's. Mm -hmm. The last time we saw the Vulture, he was locked up in prison, right? Um, and he refused to reveal Spider-Man's identity. Last time we saw the Vulture, right? All of a sudden, like, so he's in like prison attire, all that stuff. His flight suit is completely destroyed. So now at the end of Morbius, we have the Vulture showing up, talking about how he just showed up in this universe. And he thinks that like if they put their heads together, they could do some good. But he's got his uh, whole Vulture costume and everything else. It made no sense for him to even be there at all, let alone with all of his shit. Yeah, it's because uh, Vulture is part of the Spider-Man uh, collection. And but Sony saying, still has control over that. Yeah, but what I'm saying though is like the uh, Marvel like told Sony Fly, I was like, hey, like listen, Doug, just try not to expand the Spider-Verse right now because we're trying to help you build that. Because we have like a steady line of stories that we want to tell right now. And so it's like they're my that, toys, I can do what I want. Pretty much, yeah. And they're like, oh well, now let's just go ahead and shoe on this, shoe on this person in. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember like it, it pissed pissed off Marvel, like. They can't say anything about it. They can't do anything because they don't own those those properties. Mm -hmm. That IP is under Sony. Um, but they're like, this is what you get. You decided to do this, and no one saw this movie. The ones that did are baffled by the ending of this because it, it was all over the internet. How the hell did the Vulture end up in this universe? Sony's never really been good at just, just telling a steady straight story that was worth listening to it's rare no but they just seem to like really like oh my god we have these toys time to break them <laughs> like oh spider-man oh let's okay let's do a spider-man movie where he's chasing after his he's trying to find the truth about his parents where's that story gonna go nowhere we're just gonna stop telling that story halfway through the movie and never mention it again 
it saddens me that Marvel and, and even to a, a lesser degree DC have taken time to at least try to build something. Yeah. And especially in the case of Marvel and, and Sony, Sony's able to just kind of undermine uh, a lot of the stuff. It takes a lot of work to, to make a movie, let alone, what are we at, 26 movies in the MCU? I think so, yeah, it's, it's up there, man. I know that if you want to sit down and watch all the movies, it'll take you um, about a week to get completely caught up on everything that's going on in the MCU. What's next? I don't even remember what's next, honestly. Guardians is the next movie. I think I think it's Guardians. Um, the next show, I think I'm confused on. I don't I don't know what the next show is. No, that I have no idea. And I'm one of the the few people that doesn't have oh, a problem with their release know. schedule. You know, one movie uh, per quarter. <laughs> Sorry, one show per quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too much to keep up with. No. And for everybody like that sees me yawning, I'm sorry. For me, this is like this might as well be midnight for me. It's <laughs> whereas when we regularly do the show, it is literally midnight for me. Yeah, but when we do the show for me, it's like you know, morning. I'm waking up. Yeah, for you, it's like yeah, you know, time to so, rise and shine, grab a drink, you know, get ready yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, yeah the uh, the. The wonderful things about working nights is that your sleep schedule is all kinds of uh, screwed up. But so, like for me right now, I'm dragging because I feel like it's like midnight right now, and it's only like it's the crack of noon. <laughs> now it's like uh, what, like two o'clock in the afternoon right now at my time. So yeah, just about. Yeah, it's um, God. Oh, here I'm just tired. I slept much yet, so. Well, how about we go ahead and wrap things up? And... Let's do that. Uh, everybody, I am so sorry that I'm off my game here today. I really am. The daylight, uh, man. It's the daylight. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to. Uh... Yeah, it's the daylight. <laughs> Are we under a tornado watch? You're in Florida. You're always on the, on the tornado watch. Yeah, but usually <laughs> um, Alexa's not there going, hey, buddy. By the way. Um... Hold on, hold on. Before we go, before we go. Okay, go ahead. I, I did get something. You want to see it? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to mute real quick so you don't hear the, the shuffling. Okay. All right. You know, I have... Um, I've never been much for... You know, decor. I'm not a decorator, right? Okay. I don't care what my place looks like. But I decided to do something. And hopefully it'll show up in the background at some point as I figure out exactly how I should set up my set, you know, for for the show. Kind of like you have masterfully put that you know, can of Arizona tea in your background. It's delicious. It's like, you know. Well, they pay us enough money for the product placement, right? <laughs> right? Sure. Yes. Yeah, pay. <laughs> That'd be nice. No, but go, but go ahead. What'd you get? I got... Uh, it's blurry. Yeah, it is. Michael J. Fox's crotch. Yep. All right. <laughs> you see the size of this thing? The crotch, I mean, not the poster. It's a big crotch. Yeah, it's a big crotch. He's got bulbs there. But then I did it again. That was back then. There we go. No, I like it. That's cool. Yep. It's blurry as hell, but it's cool. <clears throat> but then I but did now- it again. Oh God! He got he got three of them, huh? 
I got the entire set of Back to the Future movie posters framed, just looking for a place to, you know, add them to my set. Gotcha. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to to get going. All right. Get get out of here, you scamp. All right, everybody. Happy Sunday. Hope you guys are going on and having a much more exciting day, exciting day than I'm about to have. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Um, I'll let you close out. Do your little lesson of the week, Josh. And uh, everybody, happy Sunday. Well, it's just us. It's weird because I'm not like. You know, do your thing, follow your dreams, speaking of dreams, I'm going to bed. No. None of that, none of that this week. I'm I'm wide awake. Don't know how to feel about this. Because usually, you know, the the message of inspiration comes from a place of pure exhaustion. I'm uh, a bit more nihilistic when I'm <laughs> wide awake. <laughs> like, oh, you got dreams? Well, your dreams suck. No. No. I'm just joking. Uh, the message doesn't change. It doesn't matter what the day is. If, if uh, you need a reminder, I'm here to do it. The only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. Whether you're aiming for an Oscar or settling for a Razzie, the, the fact is, if you win either, that means you did something that got made. And that's really what matters. You, you, you make something, it gets made, and other people can see it. You know, that's less important. Because when Kevin Smith made Clerks, he was like, well, if I'm the only person that watches uh, it, uh, or me and my friends are the only ones that watch it, well, no, we made a movie. And uh, that's why I'm going to play Silent Bob. So I can, I can point to myself and say, yeah, I was in that movie. I made that movie. That's what it comes down to, really. If, if you want to create, you need to create. It doesn't have to be for mass uh, audiences. It doesn't have to be for anything any more than your friends and family, if that's what you want. It doesn't have to be for anything more than you. Just do it. All, all it takes is a camera. All it takes is paper. All it takes is an idea to put out and start doing it. It doesn't have to be the greatest thing in the world, but it does have to get made. And if that's what you really want to do, then just find a way to do it. And as you continue to keep doing it, you'll you'll find it not maybe not necessarily easier to keep doing, but You'll definitely start building building those calluses. Kind of like playing guitar, you build those calluses, and you're able to get through the process much easier. But you got to start, and not just wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You don't know what's going to happen today. So start creating your art. Start following those dreams because uh, no one's going to do it for you. Well, this has been the Wandcast episode number 122. Checking the old uh, headline there. Yeah, number 122. If you want to find out more about what we're doing here in Wandco Media, make sure you go to the Wandco Media Facebook page. Uh, go to the Wandcast Facebook page. Give it a like. Go to wandcomedia.com if you want the links to all of that stuff. Go to the merch store where you can get fabulous, fabulous merchandise like I'm wearing right now at the 1021 t-shirt and speaking of 1021 hey that's another fabulous i should stop saying fabulous but it's a wonderful uh show put together by watch media and uh moviesandmeals.com excellent show and if you want uh well i do that with jen it's your it's jen and i do 1021 it is the internet's favorite list podcast so if you want to hear lists about movies 1021 also a uh, brand new show coming at you. It's uh, the Storyteller Power Hour, hosted by Jen, and she breaks down story. Not just, you know, a story, but just the the art, the craft, if you will, of storytelling. 
and it's going to be a, a highly educational but also very entertaining look into how we not only create but also receive stories and have since the beginning of time or at least since the beginning of people I don't know if dinosaurs told stories I don't know if that'll be covered but if it can be covered rest assured Jen will cover it because she's the best in the biz anyway um, that's going to do it for us here on the Wandcast I hope you join us next time and remember whenever you're closing a show make sure you have your outro ready to go because otherwise you just have to buy time until you can find the right button to press <laughs>